The wait is over. The wait is over. Coming to you on Berlin time. Berlin time. It is the summer of Stiller. Summer of Stiller. Summer of Stiller. So into the Master of Rom-Coms? Yeah, entering the Master of Rom-Coms. So, There's let us talk. Mary. There is something about Mary. Um, I have not seen this one before. Uh, and my only context for it beforehand was that I had listened to a podcast episode with Ben Stiller from a few months ago. I don't remember. I'll not tell you what it was from, but... He had talked about, he had a little section where he talked about how vital this movie was when it came out for not only his career, but for the rom-com category. Because like I said earlier, it was one of, if not the first mainstream movie to bring, uh, actually I take that back because it was directed by the Ferrelli brothers who made Dumb and Dumber the year before, I believe. So this was kind of their trademark that they blew up on was making these kind of outrageous comedies that had quote unquote, like gross, I guess humor would, would be the, how to describe it. So there's something about Mary along with dumb and dumber were the ones to kind of break that door in. And, um, so that's, that was my only context for it. And, um, I do think watching it now, there's a little bit of like, because it's been, you know, uh, like 20, almost 25 years. You know, there's been a lot of movies that kind of have sort of emulated that since. I can, so I'm not as like privy to being my my mind being blown like if I if it was 1998 and I was watching it, but it was really good and I can easily, you know, tell, understand how it was the blueprint. It was really enjoyable to watch. You know, the plot wasn't the greatest in the world, but it wasn't bad. Thought it serviced. It really felt like this was a service. The plot was a service to get from bit to bit to bit more so than anything. That said, there are movies like that that are a lot worse with plot. So this felt, you know, like I said, enjoyable. Um, I did not think I'd be watching Ben Stiller jacking off and then having cum dripping out off of his head. <laughs> Excuse me, semen uh, dripping from his head. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a word for that. I don't know if there's a word for that. <laughs> No, yeah, I think um, yeah, not something, not even just that, but also I feel like the beginning scene with Keith David also yeah. had some like really unexpected turns. Yeah, I feel like when you're going into it thinking it's like oh it's like a Ben Stiller movie, I think this one's just like over the top, not what you're expecting. Yeah. Well, I think there's a larger discussion to be had about romantic comedies now. And I mean, I've talked, you know, so much papers full of on this podcast about how I feel like comedies now are kind of being reduced and kind of shuffled to the side because of things like Netflix pumping them out, you know, every three months and the mediocrity of it. But I feel like even as a rom-com goes, it feels like the last 10, 15 years of romantic comedies, at least from what I've seen and what I know has been mainstream has been like more about the like 
romance and awe factor of it than the comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. How I just described the plot going from bit to bit. Seems like now it's more like the bits are not at the forefront, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just kind of commenting on the nature of it. I don't know if I'm. If it's up to me to say if that's a bad thing or not. Personally, as a student of comedy myself, I would much prefer something like this. Um, uh, yeah. So this just, you, you know, I don't necessarily buy at the end of the movie. I guess, I, I mean, from what I read, there were other review reviews from the time sort of also coming up with the point where it's like the end is a little bit of a cop-out with the happy ending, but like I said, it feels, the, the comedy feels more important to me than anything. So. Dude, better than the reality bites ending. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, yeah. Yeah. So I guess to give a brief... Should we go give like a little brief timeline of the movie's events? Yeah, sure. Um, it starts with Ben Stiller in high school and (laughs) him talking about how like Mary Cameron Diaz was his first crush and she was cool, even though um, he was lame, I guess. And he had, um, well, because he stood up for her brother when she right. was right. He was getting bullied. He stood up for her, him, and she like was cool to him. And they hit it off. And he was like, "Oh, let's go to prom." So they're going to prom together. He goes to her house to get ready or pick her up from prom. And Keith David plays her stepdad, who's always hilarious when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, he wasn't hilarious in the thing, but he was still the boss anyway. Um, ben, we have this scene where Ben Stiller goes to the bathroom to pee, and when he's finished, he <laughs> he zips um his I, like part of his penis and yeah. balls completely zipped up in his zipper, and there's a whole ordeal of them trying to get it out, and like Keith David comes in, and then he calls his wife in, and like Mary comes in, very funny, and then scene. like. Then like a cop shows up and they're all like the all looking at yeah. yeah they're like all looking at Ben Stiller's and eventually we get to see it and it's like <laughs> we just get like we just get like a split second frame of like <laughs> of just like chunks of skin like woven between the zipper like physically impossible for this to happen right <laughs> but yeah it's hilarious and the firefighter or the cop or someone tries to unzip it cuts to him in an ambulance and then we get the classic. And that's the last I saw of her. Like that was 20 years ago or something like that. And the whole movie essentially focuses on Ben Stiller learning uh, that Mary is still around or something and like hiring a private Private. detective to find where she lives, which happens to be Miami. And he wants to go see her again. The issue is the private detective falls in love with Mary. There's something about her, right? And so now it's like this arms race between who can get her to fall in love. And the whole thing is the private detective's a master of lies. And he weaves this intricate, endless web of every single detail he tells about her is false. And they all connect to make this one giant incorrect story, which is like, what's the, what's the game plan? Like, is he going to marry her and like, never like tell her any of this shit? Anyway, 
the point is Ben Stiller is the honest good guy in this movie. Matt Dillon plays the detective that's like the lying scumbag that Mary's falling for because she doesn't know he's lying. A whole bunch of twists and turns. Jeffrey Tambor is in it. He gets <laughs> fucking eaten by a snake. And yeah. it turns out essentially the whole like movie devolves into every single person is obsessed with Mary. And it's like 10 different people competing for like her affection. And Ben Stiller triumphs. He does. And, um, yeah, no, that was a good summary. Um, Thank you. I guess a few, before I go into any deeper meaning, a few things I wanted to mention that I wrote down, mostly from the beginning that I wrote down before I, yeah. So, first of all, obviously, 16-year-old Ben Stiller. Hilarious. They put a wig on him. He's got braces. Sure. It's perfect. So funny. And there's a there's a funny moment where he, like, knocks on Mary's house and Keith David opens the door <laughs> and Ben Stiller clearly is surprised. And like he did, he does this like perfect look where he like looks at him and he looks up at the house and he like <laughs> looks back and he looks like bewildered, which <laughs> sounds like corny. I know describing it, but it's just played perfectly. Mm-hmm. And um, of course he gets beat up with a baseball <laughs> with a, no, he gets beat up when he tries to present the baseball to her brother behind his ear which is hilarious classic ben stiller beat up we get multiple times in this movie <laughs> true <laughs> and um this also very funny before the scrotum incident happens while he's peeing and looking out the window <laughs> and he sees a bird <laughs> which we should mention the whole reason this started was because he was looking at a bird <laughs> true he's like very like happily like peeing and looking at a bird and a song is playing you know why do birds <laughs> he's like he looks the, the look on his face is like priceless i don't know if you remember what i'm talking about but it's just it's no yeah because yeah. the it like unfocuses and we see there's like women changing or something in the background they thought he Cameron was Diaz at is changing yeah oh you're right yeah 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 so they get that's what he gets so he gets startled and then mm. the thing happens and um yeah um so yeah just that was just about the first part as far as um you know one thing we talked about in meet the parents was the outfits i feel like there were some pretty good outfits in this movie especially given that uh the parts that happen up north you know ben stiller wears some cool jackets and that sort of thing i know this isn't really relevant to the movie but i just since we mentioned it before with meet the parents i thought i'd be like you know Right. I honestly didn't notice for this movie, but I'll take your word for it. It was definitely more subtle, obviously, but it was good. Um, so, and then I guess more generally, of course, this movie is a classic. Everything goes wrong for Ben Stiller, domino effect, which <laughs> it's just, it's his genre. It's, it's his it's, genre, bro. He owns it. He owns it. No one else has been able to do it as good as him. I think. Right. Um. But yeah, so uh, one thing, the last thing I wrote towards the end of the movie was, I feel like, have you ever seen a Jerry Lewis movie? The classic. Yeah, of course. Dude, yeah. The Nutty Professor is one of my That's favorite cool. comedies of all time. Oh yeah. No, Jerry Lewis has so many good movies, but I kind of feel like, especially in this movie, maybe it applies to a larger Ben Stiller thing we just talked about, but his movies almost, or this movie, I guess, just for now feels like 
a new age kind of Jerry Stiller movie where it has this very like uh, relatively tame um, plot line where it's like boy meets girl, Mrs. Girl goes on a quest to meet her, you know, get back with her. And then of course hijinks ensue and there's a lot of physical comedy, that sort of thing. It kind of feels like a new age extreme version of that. Which is, I guess, the whole point of the Ferrelli Brothers comedy is, like, to just make everything super extreme and gross. Right. So, I don't know, I just kind of noticed the format was kind of similar in that sense. So, and I don't know if that's intentional. Maybe it is intentional, but I don't know. Kind of cool if it is. Because uh, Jerry Stiller is uh, awesome. Jerry um, Lewis. Uh, though Jerry Stiller is also <laughs> very Jerry, awesome. Yeah, obviously. Jerry, Jerry Stiller in the um, Heartbreak Kit. Which was Hilarious. <laughs> so Jerry Lewis is awesome um, yeah that's all my notes um, now you know when you mentioned the plot I went through the plot talked about the ending and I feel like I don't know it really did feel like a cop out ending didn't it because I feel like the kind of overarching plot that you get to toward in that climactic scene where they're all in her apartment they're like you're not leaving till you make a decision you know I feel like that was up to that point it's like okay, this is kind of interesting, like a unconventional kind of flip the switch, flip the script kind of take about like man's infatuation with woman and that sort of thing. And I, I was like, okay, maybe there's a deeper sort of thing happening here. And then like the Ben Stiller ending happened, and I was like kind of surprised. I was I didn't know they were gonna just kind of take that left turn and finish it that way. I don't know if you have any similar conflicting thoughts, but I, I did think it was gonna be like. Ben this is called something like, about Mary, so it's like, you know, I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was it's okay. I was just gonna say, I thought it was gonna be like Ben Stiller's, like the good guy who like, because he's like, you know what, Mary, I brought I brought your ex boyfriend who's like cool and nice and wasn't involved in any of this <laughs> crazy bullshit that happened in the movie. You should just be with him. And that was going to be like Ben Stiller's like ending where he's like, he made the right decision by taking the high ground or whatever. Cause he knew he was just as bad as the other, guy, which obviously isn't true, but then well, that's also she, bullshit. Sorry. I just want to say, is that supposed to be like shown as bullshit? Because right after he comes out and he's like weeping. Oh yeah. True. <laughs> so true. Well, yeah, that's when you realize it was like, that's not what they're going to do. And then he just, she comes out. And it's like, oh, I still love you. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. yeah it was, I, I wasn't watching it for like the Ben Stiller ending, I guess. I mean, I guess. No, I agree. Maybe it is kind of just like primitively satisfying. You know what I mean? Just yeah, I like, think it is. You get what you want. So. I think at the end of the day, that sort of ending just tests better with audiences than Ben Stiller weeping and driving away in the credits roll, you know? Right. Though um, that could be funny, honestly. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I Again, I don't really have any big problems with it. I just think it's worth the discussion. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's just about the comedy. And I think... Yeah. If we're transitioning to a more general thoughts yeah. about the movie and summary, I suppose. I guess, like, I thought it was pretty funny. I was... I was surprised at how little I remembered about it when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, it, it still felt reasonably fresh. Obviously I remembered like the famous, the nutsack scene 
the jizz in his on his ear scene, and then she uses it as hair gel. Um, one of the few roles I've seen Matt Dillon in, and I actually was like, yeah, he's pretty funny. He was good in Yumi and Dupree, but he was kind of like the straight man in that. And I don't remember anything about Outsiders, and I think that's the only shit I've seen him in. But um, yeah. pretty good performances all around. Yeah, but there was just. I felt because it was long as shit too. I think it was over two hours. I'm gonna look yeah. it up real quick. Yeah, it was two Maybe. hours and ten minutes. I remember watching it with my brother, and we were talking about how like there's like just too much of this movie that is not funny and is just like really dumb and should be cut out. And we were talking about how we would make like our own fan edit of the movie that's just like. Isn't probably like two 30 hours, minutes shorter. Yeah. No, I mean, I I would probably agree, but when I, um, I would never pirate the movie, but someone I know did. And when they did, it was two hours and 10 minutes, exactly like you're saying, but it said extended cut in the file name. Interesting. So is the two hours, 10 minutes an extended version of a shorter movie? Because I feel like that too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll have to look Maybe. All I know is... Um, the version I watched, which wasn't a pirated version, was two hours. It was over two hours, and I remember thinking, like, for what this is, it's too long, and I can specifically pinpoint the reasons it's too yeah. long. Like, it's been a little while, so I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember there was definitely some specific bits that I personally didn't think were very funny and could be cut without in any way sacrificing any important detail that would come back later or any element of the story, it would just be as if it never happened. Yeah, no, I agree. And, but the moment I started thinking that I looked at the title and I saw extended in in all caps and I was like, okay, I'll let it slide because it's an extended. It was where your friend told you, right? Right. Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, who's to say? Right. But one moment well, I have I the biggest... right behind me. I can prove that I have it on DVD. Oh, I believe you. And I could prove that I have it on DVD too in another room. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm not gonna stop the podcast to go do Obviously. that. Obviously. It's not worth it. Um speaking of DVDs, guys, Suicide Squad, Blu-ray. Uh mm. <laughs> there's zero people listening right now, so this is <laughs> the worst possible time to do it. Um I'd say a, a big moment where I thought about that was when the detective Pat Healy uh, goes to Miami and it like centers on him in Miami for like 25 minutes. And I was like, what's going on here? It's kind of, <laughs> like, Is that when he's meeting her, right? That's when he flies down there, meets Jeffrey Tambor's character, mm. spies on her for the first time, learns about all the things she likes. I understand the point of learning all the things she likes. Cause later on he uses it. But like, right. I feel like there's a lot of like, he gets to Miami, he drives around, he goes to Jeffrey Tambor. Let's be honest. You could cut Jeffrey Tambor out of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. He, don't know <laughs> if he's... I like him as an actor. Well, I love Hilarious in Arrested Development. Yeah. But is he necessary for There's Something About Mary? Not sure. I honestly... Him being eaten by his snake is like... Just almost... Just makes me yeah. feel uncomfortable seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I like, didn't laugh. I was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, why is this in the movie? Yeah, no, and I'm sure if you went in and cut all that out, 
you could easily save <laughs> dude so. something i thought was not worth keeping but also potentially hard to cut out is like the weird original songs performed by those two guys that happened a few times at the movie yeah. well and at first like, i was like okay this is kind of cute and pulpy but then at the it just it feels like they only put it in just so they could do the end bit where they get shot. right <laughs> it's just like dude please please the issue is it's like a lot or i don't know about a lot but some of them of their singing overlaps with like actual scenes that you'd need to keep so you, i don't know well, you'd you have to, i'm sure intro. someone could do it yeah you could keep the intro because like okay whatever it's the introduction to the movie they say the movie name i think dude um, the insane like fucking five minute long intricate claymation intro yeah, I wrote that which down probably took like as long to make as the fucking movie it's like why did they do this Man, I enjoyed it, but it seems like so much effort. I would next time I would skip it. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, but it was good to see once. I certainly had no memory of it from my first watch. Yeah, but yeah, well, I'm down to go to the rating unless you have more to say. You know, I I'm down to go to the rating, but here's the thing: should we one day create a filmatic cut? There's something about Mary to say. Yes, 30, it, it needs to happen. Minutes. Guys, comment below if you want to see that. <laughs> Dude, comment the exact length you sh- you think that the filmatic cut of There's Something About Mary should be. And, the first and if person it's the exact number I'm thinking of, you'll get the Blu-ray. <laughs> I'll say if you comment at all, you get the you comment oh, the word. runtime, any runtime, you get the Blu-ray. That or anything it doesn't have to be runtime. <laughs> like the just do something. Signal to me that you're there. Show me you have a pulse. Um, oh, Colton, if you're listening right now, we are unironically interested in getting you in the next episode, which I think is Night the absurd comedy. Oh, is it Night at the Museum? Okay, perfect. Yes. It's an everyman yeah. movie. Who doesn't want to watch it's, Night at the Museum? It's an entry-level Ben Stiller the series. So, mm. Colton. Probably going to be one of the most watched Summer of Stiller episodes, I would imagine. I think it will be. We need to be really do well on that one. And yeah. I'm glad you have some free time coming up so we can work on that. Mm. Um, yeah, I can watch the movies within like the next week. So. Yeah, we could watch and record it in the next week, you and me. So Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Are we going to try and get other people besides Colton who we actively are searching for? The problem are we going to get other like – true. The coordination. It's just hard. To, it's it's easy because like in the past, it's like, oh, we're doing an episode on the new Marvel movie. Who's seen it? Oh, you've oh two people have seen it. Oh yeah, get on the. You know what I mean? Versus like, all right, you need to watch Reality Bites. You need to watch the <laughs> <laughs> these movies from like twenty five years ago that most people don't have access to because it's not on right. streaming. Rating of there's something about Mary. True. What are we thinking? I'm going to – I need to look at the other ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to give it a 6.5 maybe I'm thinking because that's what I gave, gave Meet the Fockers, which is kind of like middle of the road, entertaining um, Ben Stiller movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd say 6.5 as well. No word. Do we're uh, really – right neck and neck with each other today yeah um okay along came polly huh along came polly i mean after 
I don't know why I started that sentence with after. I said after and then had like several seconds where I'm trying to think of what after was supposed to be in reference to. I don't know what I was going with that, but the point is, is I think Along Came Polly is probably the most watched in my life of probably like not just his rom-coms, but maybe more of his just like, like his PG-13 comedies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I feel like I want, I don't know why, but I watched I also that remember a lot growing that, up. Like I said, I remember seeing that CD in the classic big black DVD case. Of course, of course it was big and bl- it was a big, but there was only like one page of CD. <laughs> and the rest were like pirated from my uncle. I'm only saying that because I'm sure the statute of limitations protects him. Because I was like in 2000. So, <laughs> so um, trust me, he was getting the bad end of the deal there. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Dude, yeah. 240, 240 cam footage with hard coded Lebanese subtitles. <laughs> God. Um, but I remember seeing that CD and being so young that, like, really young. And being my only reference for the word Polly was like, Polly want a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a movie about a bird and being like, man, why can't I watch that movie? Because it seemed like it's a kid's movie. And obviously, right. um, so I never saw it, but it wasn't the Ben Stiller family CD Hall of Fame. So, of you know, I had big expectations. Um, the DVD case is like Ben Stiller, Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> and now like, pr- like now featuring Rodolfo the Blind Ferret. <laughs> I thought that was is hilarious really, as a kid. I was like, oh, I want to watch that. They really advertised that fucking ferret it was in it for like combined like 45 seconds although there are some pretty funny i say funny but like only if you think stuff that we find funny of like stupid comedy of it just like hitting things (laughs) dude we're like pulling it on a leash and it's slamming into the trash can trash can that's exactly what i was thinking yeah it's pretty funny Um, so i guess we should jump into the plot right yes you can do that one i Oh, it takes a bit out of you doing like the it plot does. of a. It does. You know? Okay. Enter Ben Stiller's character, Ruben Pfeffer. He's an insurance claims uh, agent. Uh, he, He's a hazard analyst or something like that, right? There you go. Yeah, it's something risk. risk R- yeah, risk. It, now, risk analyst. She calls him there an analysisist or whatever. True. Um, and we open, he is getting married to his wife, um, Lisa, and they go on honeymoon to a Caribbean island and everything's all hunky-dory, uh, you know, I don't know why I just said the word hunky-dory. <laughs> Maybe the first time in my life I've said hunky-dory. True, um, that is actually hilarious. So, um, all's going well, all's going well. Let's go scuba diving. But Ben Stiller. Are you for like scuba? That they find... <laughs> yeah. Dude. <laughs> Let's talk about Hank Azaria because he was going to come up in the Night of the Museum. We're going to bring it up now. Night of the Museum. He's going to come up in Mystery Men. Yeah. He's going to come up in the 90s Godzilla episode that we're going to do later after yes. Summer of Stiller. <laughs> I said this before. Manny, if you're out there, Manny knows this. We've had a long discussion about this. But Hank Azaria 
has to be one of the most underrated character actors of the last who knows how long. I don't know of many character actors, but he's a great actor and a great character actor and one of the funniest guys I've ever seen in entertainment. Through had either, the pleasure of like, working with. Had the pleasure of working with. <laughs> you wish, dude. Hank, if you're... Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, Hank, we're searching for you. We want you to come feature on the Godzilla episode as in character as the animal. And then a Simpsons movie episode in character as a poo. <laughs> Except you don't do that anymore, do you? True. So, um, yeah, rip. But no. I in mean, character as David from Friends. That's what I'm saying. He's been in so many things. There's a very slim chance people haven't seen something with him in it, but just don't know that it's obviously him. Yeah. So. He's just a. He holds the entertainment industry together, you know. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> True. Isn't he anyway, also in he's... Heat? Dude, if I remember anyway. correctly, he's in Heat. He's like the. Oh, dude, he's like some guys. He's like kind of a sleazy guy, I think. On. Um, yeah, he's in Heat. As dude, Alan that's insane. Marcino, Marcino right. or something. Yeah. Marciano. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, wow, I did not know that. He's still... Oh, so he's still doing Simpsons because he's the voice of so many other characters, but... Right. Mo, Chief Wiggum. Um Really? I actually did not know that. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so he's like one of the main voice yeah. actors in Simpsons. He's in like every episode. Once you know it's him and you next to watch it, you'll... Totally, like you'll be like real quick, All right? Um, he needs to be in more things, even more things. He needs to be in bigger things, I should say. I want him to be like, I want Hank Azaria to finally get his due, you know? Because yeah. I think more people, people should know his name, you know? Um, I agree. But I feel like he was a household name. I always heard my dad talking about as a little kid, and I was like. It has a good ring to it. You got to admit, it does. It's like it's like one word, Hank Azaria, you know. And then I didn't really know who he was until probably like second watch of Friends or something. When like my dad's like, yeah, you know, Hank Azaria, and I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. And then you see him in other stuff, and you start to piece it together. You're like, yeah, this guy is fucking funny. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Obviously, God, he's so good in Land of the Museum, too, which we'll talk about eventually. But Yeah, true. I mean, when I watched Night at the Museum 2, no, I was the furthest away from knowing about Hank Azaria yeah. that I've ever been. But he was my favorite part of it. Or, I like, need to rewatch because I haven't seen it since theaters. Really? Okay. Yeah. Should be interesting. They, it's funny because he's in the most, God, I still remember, burning to my brain, the most marketed part of that movie when it came out was, or maybe either when it came out or when it was on TV or something, when they were advertising it, was the scene where they have Cookie Monster and like Oscar the Grouch and Darth Vader. They're all like in the museum and he's like talking to them. That was like the most marketed scene for the movie, just to, for people to come to be like, how's Darth Vader in this movie? I don't know if you remember this, but yeah. Yeah, his like costume is at the museum. The Smithsonian. Yeah, and, and there's no lines for any of these characters. He's just like staring at them and like riffing about them. And um, 
as we'll talk about, that's what's so great about Night of the Museum, that one specifically, is it feels like there's a lot of riffing going on. Because you have the, if I'm not mistaken, the Brunden scene is in that movie? Or is it no, it is, one? yeah. Yeah, is. so you have that one, which clearly feels like improv to me. Almost all of uh, the scenes I've seen with Hank Azari and Ben Stiller feel like, it just feels like they're spitballing. And again, also Hank Azari was on the Ben Stiller show. Uh, so. They're clearly buddies, I mean. Yeah, exactly. So, also Hank Azaria is like jacked. Dude. Both in the museum and in this. <laughs> He's so fucking fit in yes. Along Came Polly. And is so funny. He has like some of the funniest lines in the movie. Yeah, and he's only in it for like two minutes. Like yeah, no. in the end. Yeah. He calls Ruben Lubin. <laughs> Dude. And his like complete earnestness. Like how at the end he's genuinely like I feel we should go through the story first before we like okay, start yeah. talking. Just because otherwise it's just like we're trying to fill in too much. Okay, yeah. So he catches his newlywed wife having uh, intercourse with the <laughs> with the uh, uh, with Hank Azaria's character Claude, the scuba instructor, and she tells him that she's going to live on the island with Claude, thus leaving him behind. So uh, he's obviously extremely dejected and sad and goes back home classic turns out yeah i was just gonna say it starts classic ben stiller everything is piling up going wrong exactly not not only does she leave him for the scuba instructor on the first day of their honeymoon as he's leaving he crashes the car and has to ride on the back of claude's vespa to the airport it's like very awkward yeah i never thought you'd sympathize that much with like the guy who's sleeping with his wife you know what i mean hank azaria just plays him so well so like like you said earnestly and like naive yeah <laughs> the way he's like, i would give you a ride yeah, exactly so um he goes back to new york and i think it's kind of a, a funny scene where like everyone already knows about it at his office alec baldwin plays his boss um, hilarious pretty well yeah <laughs> Mazel, mazel, good things. Good things, yeah. Funny stuff <laughs> in the bathroom where he's like, just, again, I don't know if this is funny to other people, but he's just farting as he's pissing, I guess. <laughs> oh, dude, I think even funnier is him rubbing Ben Stiller's ear, like, <laughs> constantly. Like, yeah, Ben Stiller, like, wipes his ear on his shoulder, and then he, like, just does it again, like, doesn't even care. Yeah. He's just, like, and twirling just- his earlobe. Yeah, and it's good. Like you said, he plays it so well. Perfect roles where it's like Alec Baldwin has the dominant, like, stinky asshole, and like Ben Stiller as the <laughs> afraid and like, like you said, the guy office getting... grunt. Yeah, exactly. So, really good there. Good things, good things. <laughs> um, so, he introduces. I guess the whole point of that is he introduces the the secondhand plot to the movie with the guy he's trying to get life insurance for. He's like pretty right. funny. He's just like jumping off buildings and shit. You know, yeah. doing things that'll clearly not get him insured. The CEO of like a multi million dollar company, I think. Um He's the cool billionaire. Exactly. The there's no real 
there are no such thing as cool billionaires. So. No comparison there. Yeah. So he uh, goes to an art gallery. Okay, of course, we have to talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman. Obviously. It was like possibly the highlight of this movie. <laughs> I would say possibly. He invented the term shart in this movie. <laughs> and invented spanking in this movie. Yeah, true. I was like, I was like, no way. This movie is like that pioneering. There's no way spanking during sex was invented by Philip Seymour Hoffman in 2004. Maybe it's the it first time it was true. talked about. Like in a I guess. But Benster was like, he'd never heard of it. He's like, huh? Spanking? Yeah. <laughs> and then when he did it, the way he did it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a little tap. Literally a swat. Literally a yeah. swat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, crick, crick in the wrist. You heard. It's gone. It's, oh, it's go- oh, it went away. <laughs> yeah, dude. He has so many, like, ah, oh, he's just like, that's perfect he's mannerisms. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman has got a great B plot in this movie that I feel like maybe should have been a little more, could have been a little more prominent. Is like him being a washed up actor who's like doing a community play and is like True. very fed up with it and throughout. Gives Ben Stiller like terrible advice up until <laughs> yeah. the point at the end where he's like, "Stop taking my advice." <laughs> like, yeah, true. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just great. And this rip, rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman. So, true. was I? Oh yeah. So he meets a girl he knew in junior high or middle school or whatever they're calling it these days. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, you can tell this is one of the ones we've watched recently. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> we're like little zingers about the exact scripts, and then Reality Bites were like, is his dad dying or something? <laughs> Shows how much we here at Filmatic appreciate movies. <laughs> right. Um, so he meets uh, this girl, Polly Prince, played by Jennifer Aniston, and they begin dating, um, which includes... Some things that the risk averse Ben Stiller's character isn't really used to. Uh, he has IBS and he eats ethnic food, which leads to a funny scene where he gets invited back up to her apartment and has to shit extremely, <laughs> ext- extremely much and uh, goes to her bathroom and like floods it and shit, trying to use the bathroom. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's so brutal. It is. He it's like hard to shits. Watch. Oh, dude. He's like, his acting where he's like shitting and you hear like poop noises and he's like wincing every time because her bathroom is like adjacent to her kitchen where she is realizes they're at a toy it's literally like just the fucking ben stiller effect everything that can go wrong happens to him out of toilet paper (laughs) he's like glancing around the room to try and see what he can wipe with and he briefly looks at the ferret on the floor very good but he like he's like no Wipes I with like he was her... just going to do it when he looked at the phone. Oh, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's a moment. Around. Yeah. He wipes with like this hand-woven towel from her grandmother, <laughs> clogs the toilet, it floods the floor. Also, he put on the shower to, to mask the sounds of his pooping and like Polly notices steam like flooding out of the <laughs> underside of the door and she's like, what the hell is this guy doing? Oh, and then he ends um, up trying to plunge after he clogs the toilet with the towel. He tries to plunge it 
It's like with the two hundred dollar. Dude, yeah, that was actually hilarious. I'm like pleading. He's like, if you make this water go down, I'll bend on my knee and serve you for all of eternity. Yeah. He has to plunge it with her loofah that we had just seen in the previous scene that she spent $200 on. And now he's plunging it with his poop. <laughs> he does get her a new one later, though. True. This time it's from Finland. It is. It's from like Finland or something. God, Ben's. <laughs> Like the the Ben Stiller isms in this movie are just peak. They really are. Like some kind of algae like <laughs> seaweed like plant. <laughs> I was literally thinking about that when I was watching it. Like just perfect like the exact same like delivery. So good. Yeah. Um So yeah, and then also do salsa dancing, which he you know, classically is not good at and doesn't want to do. Um Then they have a well, of course tries to spank her but then has a sex scene with her which ends with him yelling yelling 50 as he climaxes which is true he's counting down from five minutes you gotta, you gotta last five minutes at least <laughs> 42 yeah. um also even funnier is when she's like with her friend at work and she's like have you ever heard of a guy yelling 50 when he climaxes and her <laughs> yeah. friend's like yeah yeah, and then walks and just away. Cuts away. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, funny. that actress was Veruca Salt's mom from That's the Freddie Highmore. <laughs> yeah, dude. The whole time I was trying to place <laughs> where she was from. Oh my god. No way. Maybe it wasn't Veruca Salt. Was Veruca Salt the um the spoiled rich girl? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was her mom. It was the blonde girl that turns into a blueberry. Oh, true, true. You're right. You're right. She's chewing gum the whole time. Yeah. I was, I was trying. To, yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad you figured it out. Um, Violet, of course. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, so I guess unless I'm missing any other major comedy bits, um, his wife returns from the island. True. He walks into, you know, in the middle of. Things going really well because he learned how to salsa dance and stuff. Um, comes back to the apartment with Polly and Lisa is there. It's really awkward. And she wants to get back to normal. She wants to put all that in the past. And Ben Stiller obviously is conflicted on what to do. He, you know, it's a very risk averse person. Puts them in the risk master analyzer thing that he has on his computer for work. And determines that Polly is the one to go with. Which leads to some conflict as Polly finds it later and, of course, gets upset, storms away. Because it's literally then, like a pros and cons list about her versus yeah. his ex-wife. I guess technically it's still his wife, but... Right. Yeah. So then he's Can like, all right, maybe we'll... Yeah, go ahead, please. I was just going to say the exact same thing happens to Jennifer Aniston's character in Friends. Literally... I guess friends. Spoiler alert! I don't even. No, I don't care. Yeah. It's like I think one of the times she's getting back together with Ross or something, and he makes a pros and cons list about her, and then she finds it, and the exact same thing happens. <laughs> and it's like this, is, this can't be a coincidence that they do the same thing with the same actress. Maybe it's an homage to friends. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Major plot point. Um. So yeah, um, so then he thinks maybe he'll go back to Lisa, maybe not. And then he finally decides 
um, based on words from his father that are given to Philip Seymour Hoffman's character after he ruins the play. Um, that Polly's the one for him. And um, he goes and finds her and they get back together. I think that's about it. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He eats dirty nuts. True. That was pretty funny. Anyways. Of course. Yeah. So. What do we think? I liked it. Fun little little ride. It was entertaining. It was... I think... I don't know. I... I, I flip flop if on if it was more entertaining than Heartbreak Kid, which we'll talk about. <laughs> I think it was more cohesive than Heartbreak Kid. I think it was um, more like a. It's more like a vanilla. Yeah. Rom com, you know what I mean? Kind of more just straight. Moving away from, it really does feel like the in between of something about Mary and Heartbreak Kid. Interesting. Really, or maybe not in between, but more so. The progression is Heartbreak Mary going towards Heartbreak Kid's side of the spectrum, and this is the middle of that spectrum. Going this way um, would be a better way to put it, maybe. Um, not that I don't like it, but I agree. This is definitely one you could probably more so, you know, watch with your family sort of thing than um, something about Mary or even Heartbreak Kid. Some parts of that are pretty um, out there. The same director as something about Mary. So, True. you know, uh, I think kind of a seven. I personally think I enjoyed it more than there's something about Mary. I feel like I, I, I liked, I like the gags and something about Mary a little bit more. But I appreciated this as a movie altogether more. Um, and at the same time, I don't know if I want to give it a seven because I feel like you know I gave Cable Guy a seven. I don't True. know. True. No, you gave Cable Guy a seven point five. Oh, I did. Okay, that works perfectly. Yeah, yeah I'll give this a seven then. Okay, dude, <laughs> no, we're just I, giving I, the same scores except Cable Guy. Yeah. No, I just yeah. I don't know what to say. That's yeah, easy enough. I do. I mean, I, there's a lot of good stuff going on in it. You know what I mean? I think the whole his work life is pretty funny. Alec Baldwin and the Australian guy yes. are pretty entertaining. Philip Seymour Hoffman, funny story. Obviously, his relationship with Jennifer Aniston is funny and entertaining. And she has her own funny stuff, too, going on. And oh, also, we didn't even get to. Some of the funniest bits are with Hank Azari's return at the end of the movie, where the movie ends with him getting back together with Jennifer Aniston in the street, and then cuts to them, the same place that they went, that he went on his honeymoon with at the first in the first scene, or at the beginning of the movie, I guess. Now he's with Jennifer Aniston, and Hank Azari walks up, and he's like, "Ah, Lubin, it's so good to see you," and like, he's like so genuine. He like stole this man's wife like essentially almost you know potentially ruined his life didn't but you know did this horrible shit and he's like oh genuinely i'm so happy to see you like you must like me and ben sort does and hank is like he's like oh not good lubin ah lisa broke my heart and he's like 
like like like he has like Ben Stiller could sympathize. Like, oh yeah, Lisa yeah, like Ben Stiller would feel bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. And also just his French um, accent is so funny too. It's, it's it so seems good. so like pointless, like <laughs> but it adds so much to it. Yeah. No, uh, Hank Azaria voices are just legendarily funny. <laughs> Wait till we get to Mystery Men. <laughs> go <laughs> fuck true. yourself. I can't even do it, but it's like, go fuck yourself. Like, um, get to that. There's also a funny bit before we move on. I forgot to mention uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman playing basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> every, time, every time he shoots, he's just yelling something different. Like, oh God, of course I'm blinking now, but like, Ranger Ice Man! Yeah, like, yeah, true. Ranger. And there each time it just gets funnier. <laughs> the And he never makes a basket. Never. Oh, just also just yeah. a hilarious scene where him and Ben Stiller are having this it's like their faces up close, having this conversation on the way to the art gallery where Ben Stiller inevitably meets Polly. And mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is being tokenly crass and like that zooms out and shows that they're in an elevator full of like 15 other people. And he was just like loudly talking about like sex or something like that. And then he it just finished it off with him. Like he's also wearing sunglasses. Everyone's dressed in like black, like what's it called? Like semi-formal or like what's the one that's like casual business, casual business, casual, something like that. They're all wearing like black, like dress code lasers. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's wearing like this, like bright green jacket or something like that. And like sunglasses in the elevator. And he's like, Oh, I'm so horny. Just like yells in this crowd of people. (laughs) Too good. He has a lot of, it's funny. Another funny line. I (laughs) God. the only thing I've written down is in quotation marks. Spaniard. <laughs> what the hell is that from? Okay, so you don't remember. So when they go to the club for the first time, and mm. <laughs> the club, yeah, I it's do like remember. dirty dancing with Jennifer Aniston's character, mm. and this is before Ben Stiller knows that they're just like friends, and he's uh, gay. Um, <laughs> he's like storming away, and Jennifer Aniston's like, "What? What? Come on!" And he's like, "No, I saw, I saw what you were doing. I saw what that Spaniard was doing." <laughs> <laughs> um, something like that and it was just the way she's he said like it was first so of all funny. he's cuban <laughs> yeah no it was just the, the delivery of that was too good i had to write it down mm. um also at the beginning of the movie no sorry that's uh heartbreak kid i was gonna say the big cutting jumping ahead a little bit beginning of heartbreak kid um when he's at the other person's wedding the father is Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad. Yeah, Back. true. So true. This is, it was so like obtusely obvious to me when he stood up and I was like, <laughs> hey, that's Hank Schrader. For, like, for, like, <laughs> yeah, the heartbreak kid had some... Just, uh, yeah. Yeah, funny side characters. Definitely. But um, as far as Along Came Polly, yeah, no, I, I, it's good. I definitely probably would rewatch it over something about Mary, though it would be close. I think it would depend on my mood, versus if I want something kind of more outrageously funny, I'd probably watch something about Mary, versus right. an overall encompassing good entertaining movie I'd watch Along Came Polly. That's fair I enough. Think. Hold on, I'm gonna send you a funny screenshot on Discord. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I agree exactly what you're saying. See the screenshot. <laughs> it's uh, it's every all these people standing on the elevator has Justin described before. Right. <laughs> yeah, man, Phyllis Seymour Hoffman is too good. All right, you think we're ready? Heartbreak kid. Heartbreak kid. I think. Just gonna say it right now. Heartbreak Kid was my favorite of the three. Okay. I would say although my positions for I don't know, it's hard. I guess my original thoughts out the gate was something about Mary along came Polly Heartbreak Kid. Interesting. Um but now I'm I'm wondering if I should flip the first two, but I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll get into it and discuss how we came to that, but let's see. So Heartbreak Kid came out in 2007, uh, three years after something, uh, no, three years after Along Came Polly. Of course, at this point, Ben Stiller is almost completely gone gray. <laughs> True. So you, you know it's a late 2000s movie. Um, <laughs> and... Um, but he's it's still playing like the same age yeah. and character of just like yes. It's just, it's just it's just Ben Stiller. That's what he's. Yeah. He's been yeah. I mean, but of course, in this movie, we get the incredible addition of Jerry Stiller as a side character. Oh, as yes. Ben Stiller's father in the movie. Yes. So nope. funny. So many funny lines and scenes. I mean. It just crushes him whenever he's on screen. Uh, yeah. Love the guy. Peace. Um, but basically, should we jump into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, all right, I guess I'll start. So this time Ben Stiller plays. I always get, I, watching these all back to back, Ben Stiller's like common first name always gets mixed up for me. But. This movie he plays Eddie Cantro, who owns True. a sports shop in San Francisco, and he's single. Um, Always, I believe the single, right? Well, he's attending the wedding of his ex-wife. Lady, his ex-wife. So his ex-fiance, ex-fiance, right? Yeah, right. Um, and of course, we get Hank Schrader as the dad, and he uh, sits at the kids' table. Except it's not the kids' table. It's the singles table. Yeah. Um, dude, it's so... It's like only Ben Slur would get himself in this scenario. Yeah, <clears> he's like, uh, is this, the, is this the right table? It's like a bunch of like fucking like toddlers and teenagers. And like, yeah, it's the singles table. He's the only single adult that was invited to this wedding. We also get his like best friend played by like Rob Cordry from Hot Tub Time Machine who is yeah. so funny in this movie. Like... Hank Schrader's <laughs> we're calling him Hank Schrader standing up he's like giving like the the father of the bride speech and he's like you know it's the first time um my daughter's ever like been with a guy I didn't think was a complete asshole and everyone's laughing and Ben Stiller obviously the comedy is <laughs> Ben Stiller is obviously her ex so clearly Hank Schrader's just calling him an asshole and uh Rob Cordray like stands up Everyone's sitting. He like stands up in the middle of the audience, turns around, and like starts yelling, like, "Hey, that's you!" He's talking about you. 
like yelling at Ben Stiller. Oh, it's so oh, funny. That was hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think even it's like double whammy because either before or after Hank Schrader gets up. Um, <laughs> Dude, just using his full name. <laughs> <laughs> the girl, so the, the, I forget her name, but the girl who's getting married is like giving her speech, and she's like, "I'm so glad I met Brian or whatever this asshole's name is." And of course, I had to kiss a few frogs before I got to the prince. <laughs> <laughs> like, got to Ben Stiller's face at the kids' table. Just like, yeah, true. And so the guy good. also turns around to react to that, to like laughing point. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, so he goes through that. It's very clear. He's ambivalent about relationships and whatnot. Um, so cut to a few days later, possibly right after, actually, because isn't he also wearing the same? I couldn't tell. But he was wearing the same thing, either that or he was just also wearing a black trench coat. I don't know. Dude, but shortly after this, um, he's walking down the street in San Francisco and he sees a purse snatching right in front of him. And he unsuccessfully tries to stop the guy from getting away on his bike. And he meets the girl whose purse got stolen, named Lila. And he's kind of into her. So they start dating. And uh, her, (laughs) she tells Ben Stiller that her, the place where she works, I forget how she phrases it, but obviously this is important for later. But the, company with whom she's working for um wants her to move to germany uh to continue working and the only way she can stay behind is if she was married so this gets ben stiller the idea of proposing to her and uh despite being hesitant about it he does it and he marries her so and this is very early in the relationship. I think it's like yeah, I think six weeks, maybe. Yeah, something. I was gonna say I think under two months. Yeah, definitely under two months. And of course, he's he's hesitant to do it. There's like a funny scene with Jerry Stiller and his friend where they're like convincing him to do it, and of course, mm-hmm. Jerry Stiller just kills it. Oh. Dude, Jerry Stiller seeing this like seventy-something-year-old man, like his catchphrase is like just always referring to having sex as, like, crushing puss or some <laughs> shit like that. And, like, hearing this, like, 70-year-old man also just knowing Jerry Stiller. It's just so funny the way he delivers it. Yeah. And Ben yeah, Stiller's reaction to it, where yeah. he's like, he's like, why are you saying that? What is it about the crushing? What is it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Fantastic yeah, the chemistry between the two. Oh, awesome. Um... So yeah, they get married, and then they're going to their honeymoon in Cabos, uh, Mexico. And things start to pop up for Ben Stiller. Um, he finds her in the car constantly singing to be very incessant. Um, and, you know, weird things start to pop up. They stop in a room uh, on the way down to Mexico and uh, have uh, intercourse for the first time. <laughs> let's keep that joke going and um she's like super like aggressive and like i don't know there's it's it's pretty funny there's a word for it yeah yeah liz kinky right well also jerry stiller as jerry stiller says later when your wife wants to cook you (laughs) or something something like that he's like when your wife wants to cut you you get cut or like the way he says it is like so funny i can't even 
replicate it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so of course that happens. Then he finds out she has a deviated septum, which later he finds out is from a past, uh, drug addiction. And what else? Yeah. Um, they get there. She's, you want to pick it up? Cause <laughs> I was just going to say, she's just like horrible. Like, yeah. um, I, well, that's the intent we're supposed to see is that she's just like unpleasant. She's like arguing and like just like I don't know. They're not really getting along well. Yeah. And um, they're out on the beach, and she's putting on like tanning oil, and he's like, "Nah, you 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 don't understand. The ozone's like weaker here. It's like the sun. The sun's strong in Mexico. You're gonna get sunburned." And she's like childishly like. Well, just because you said that, now I'm going to, like, even more. And so she doesn't use sunscreen and gets, like, this horrendous burn and is essentially trapped and confined in her room for, like, the majority of the rest of the movie because of this sunburn, which lends itself to the plot line where Ben Stiller, out on his own adventures while she's in the room, meets a different young woman who's in Cabo for... A family reunion who he kind of I guess starts to fall in love with even though he's there on yeah. his honeymoon and she's portrayed by Michelle Monahan, I think it's pronounced and um, no. there's a whole scene where they meet and he accidentally ends up meeting her whole family and he becomes like friends with them but none of them know he's married obviously and this is where we start to see Ben Stiller kind of just play like the perfect asshole where he's just like, because the thing is, even though, even though, even though, um, she, even though she's like not, a, she's terrible and he rushed into the, the mistake of marrying so soon. I think he, by not being honest, it, it comes off pretty poorly. You know? Oh, definitely. Maybe, and also yeah, I feel like, Huh? I was going to say, maybe that's the best way to, I could put it. I don't know if you had Right, something. yeah. No, no, I agree. I was just also going to say, I think she didn't seem that bad. Like, first of all, singing in the car, okay. Okay. Well, again, Stiller. this is something Jerry Stiller points out when he calls him. Oh, yeah, you're Jr. so true. Ben Stiller, <laughs> like, calls his dad, and he's like, no, dad, you don't understand. It's, it's bad. She's like, singing in the car, rough sex. And Jerry Stiller's like, what are you talking about? You're listing good things, Ben. You're telling me on your honeymoon, your wife constantly wants to have sex. She's singing a lot. She wants to get hammered in the bar. Just like listing all yeah. these things that very and clearly like, like that those are your stuff. issues. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, like this is the thing. It's like her, her and Ben Stiller had some like unpleasant interactions where you're like, yeah, this is cringe, obviously. And she starts to like, you know, kind of, kind of bitchy towards him about like yeah. the sunscreen stuff like that. Her job, but it's like a lot. It seems like, well, yeah, but, but it's like he's handling it so poorly. Yeah, yeah. Like it re- gets revealed that her job as an environmental scientist is volunteer work where there's no money coming in, mm-hmm. and he's like upset about that because he thought they were gonna have a dual income. And we're getting, like, details about her past, like, um, shit, 
like her drug addiction and the initial purse stealing that Ben Stiller encountered was actually her trying to steal her ex-boyfriend's purse. But her ex-boyfriend looked like a hobo and it's like that's the whole like something's got to be wrong with her, you know. And she's also um like pretty rude to him after the sunscreen thing cuz she kind of blames him for the sunburn. But then she apologizes and has this whole like pretty like genuine seeming redemption scene where she's like, yeah, I was like just really upset and obviously in a lot of pain because of the sunburn, etc. But then he has like maybe one of his most biggest, most biggest, one of his biggest asshole scenes in the movie, which is also one of the funniest bits in the movie, I think, is where he like has plans to go meet up with the new woman and like has this like cool guy, like fast paced, like full yeah. He's like complete lie. It's so yeah, and it's so like fast paced. He almost seems like he's like wired, like he's on something. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's the we're crazy. supposed. To, he's like super excited about it. He's like really into it. He's finally passionate about like this other girl, and he's like, he has this perfect character where he's like, yeah, I just got. I met met these executives in the bar. You'd never believe it. And they're like, oh, they want to get dinner with me, but I, I, I can't. I gotta go. I can't blow it. Oh, you can come, but oh, oh it's on a boat and you're seasick. It's not gonna work. I'm sorry. I I, I gotta go. And he like. He aces it. Obviously, he's being a huge dickhead, but it's so funny the way he performs it, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. And of course, I think... he tried... Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I'm just go. continuing with the plot, so you should go. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the Frelly brothers have noticeably improved. There wasn't, like, very many... If I really, there's only, like, one little thing I can think of that's, like kind of just like a stupid little like slapstick thing that I'm like, why am I seeing this? Which was when they go and see like the traditional Mexican dancing and it's like a woman about to be fucked by a donkey. And you're like, okay, cool. That's that's just something about Mary joke right there. Yeah, that's a good point. But for the most part, I'm like, it seems like they got better at making movies and they make funnier movies in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, as far as the plot, of course, he tries to court this girl, other girl, the Mississippi girl, Michelle girl. Well, I don't know her name, girl. <laughs> Just call her. <laughs> um, Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, that's it, Miranda. Um, so, trying to court her, going somewhat well, and then, of course, things come to a head when Lila finds out about Miranda. Uh, in a pretty funny scene where everything goes to shit. First of all, they're mm-hmm. having... He's trying to break up with her. <laughs> True. Lunch, and the mariachi band comes in again. Classic gag in the movie. Mm-hmm. And they're playing and they won't go away. And he freaks the fuck out. He like goes all out on them. Uh, full yeah. Ben Stiller rage mode on them. About how they won't go away. Sits back down. And of course, of course we should tell you about um, in Michelle Miranda's family... Danny McBride plays her cousin. He does a good job, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Just like protective, like pro- just protective. I mean, he's not the asshole in the situation, but to Ben Stiller, I guess he's an asshole. Um, True. He was kind of an asshole before he had a reason to be. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Um, so he comes in, notices. Okay, so also up to that point, Miranda's family thought that Ben Stiller had a wife before 
but died by being killed by an ice pick because when Ben Stiller was at the kids table at the beginning of the movie, he some kids were calling him gay and he was like making a joke like, oh, my wife died and she was killed and they believed it. Like, it, it was is. actually in like the same fast-paced response, like coming up with like yeah. a complete lie in the same yeah. style. Yeah. Kind of cool how they put that. There are a lot of things that connect from the beginning to the end of the movie, which is cool for the True. movie. Yeah. Also, his uh, friend, his like uh, the friend from the beginning, growing out his bangs. He's like balding in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> his one. bangs. It's just like a strand of hair in the middle of his forehead. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> um, and all the gags with him and his wife are funny too. Where he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm, I'm gonna stand up to my wife." Just. Just like you, you taught me. And then it's just like <laughs> clearly still like <laughs> incredibly scared. He's yeah. whipped. As as the kids say. Right. Like kids wouldn't say that. But yeah. Um as the Yeah. Um so where were we? Um Uh he's trying to break up with Yeah, her, trying to break and up. everything goes come, wrong. Every, everything goes wrong. Um, and then they all, everyone just accosts him on the beach. Um, well, it, he falls okay. off like Sorry. the yeah. wall or something, and somehow Miranda falls, and he goes oh, in true. after her. Right, and he gets stung her. by a fucking Portuguese man of war, which would kill him in real life. There you go. He gets I stung just, by a I jellyfish. Saw... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it? Maybe I'm misremembering, but wasn't? Um. Her whole volunteering job as an environmental scientist, like counting jellyfish or something. Maybe she I'm misremembering. Like, she she mentions at some point when they're arguing about the job in the beginning. She's like, "Well, it should basically be a job because I'm trudging through the beaches, like cleaning." True. I think she's like cleaning up, maybe. So it would make sense oh, yeah, I think, that she right. would encounter encounter um, wildlife. So yeah, he gets stung. She pees on him, <laughs> uh, like she, like she learned. There's also the absurd Ferrelli moment where she, <laughs> she she like pulls off her her underwear or bikini bottom or whatever it was, and there's like a audible sound effect of her bush like puffing out. And we, yeah, it's, Full it's like, it's a very, very, there's something about Mary. I thought yeah. that part was actually pretty funny though. I was, like, it was funny, but yeah. I would make the cut just cause I was not expecting it. Yeah. Um, right. So of course he just loses everything at that point. Obviously Lila, uh, breaks up with him. Um, Miranda goes back home and marries, uh, some other guy that, we learned about earlier who she was going to marry initially. And, um, which I think is the funniest little sequence in the movie where he's just like living on the Island for like a few months, growing out like a shitty beard, and, like, like acting like, you know, like the whole woe is me thing. There's and a then, montage of him trying yeah. to sneak back into America with like, it's a hilarious. band of Mexican immigrants. And it's, it's like, hilarious. just it's absurd. I was not expecting that either from that oh. movie. And he's like trudging through the swamps with them, and he's like holding like a Mexican baby. Just like <laughs> <above the wall. laughs> True. And then, of course, 
one thing that totally caught me off guard and had me like actually like laughing out loud is like he's trying to catch a train and some guys are like the classical like stereotypical like get on get on like their hands outreached yeah he's like trudging up to them and gets there and they pull him in and the timing of it the editing is perfect like they pull him in and immediately they just start beating the <laughs> shit out of him in the for no car. reason no i literally there's no reason they just beat him up they don't even like rob him they just beat him up and throw him out of the train car throw him out of the train. it's so funny yeah and then he goes and um to mississippi to where miranda lives to try to win her back um sneaks into her house in the middle of the night and uh fails terribly yeah danny um, mcbride catches him and <laughs> starts beating him with a baseball bat and then jerry stiller shows up for some reason <laughs> he's like come on you want to go you want to go like yeah true um but yeah and then fast forward some years 18 months later i think it was and um, yeah, yeah, yeah he's living on the island permanently with a at a surf shop i think it was and he opened his own surf shop yep and lo and behold Miranda appears. She's back in. She's divorced the other guy, and she's back down for vacation. What What will happen? We don't know. They're gonna meet up later, and she walks away. And it turns out Ben Stiller has a wife again on the island. And the cycle continues. The cycle yeah. of assholery continues. He's like, so, he's oh, the same you know line what, babe? I, dialogue. I can't. I can't yeah. make it to dinner tonight. I got a. I got a thing. And she's like, well, it's our one year anniversary. And that's like the end of the movie. <laughs> You're like, Jesus, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Pretty funny. I thought, oh, we completely forgot Uncle Tito. Screw off, I'm joking. Dude, he got me with that, actually. I, I was like, okay, this is like a mid-tier joke. Like, I didn't have a problem with it, but I was like, okay, cool. But at the when he's a oh, fucking hobo on the island, and he's like, Miranda's been looking for you, man. I like for some reason totally bought it. <laughs> He's like, I'm joking. I was like, that's actually pretty funny because I was not. Yeah. Because it it seemed very like rom com tier for Miranda to be back and like looking for him. No, yeah, that would be like the ending of There's Something About Mary tier. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, oh, they're just doing a cop out again. Fine. Whatever. They did like the opposite of cop out for the end of this movie. They learned their lesson. No, it was like the perfect ending. Yeah. Because you think it's going to be the rom-com ending because she shows up to his surf thing. And she's like, hey, we're back for the family reunion. It's good to see you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I put myself together. I'm sorry about the whole thing. And she's like, yeah, maybe we'll see each other later tonight. And he's like, yeah. And then he walks around and like is talking to his wife and you're like, Bruh. Yeah, now that we're talking about it, it does feel like the total inverse of that where it's like the theme of like – Taking the rom-com and going one degree further with the theme and committing to it. You know what I mean? Like like I yeah. said, with something about Mary, it seemed like there could have been something there about this infatuation with this one woman. Like something profound to say about it. More profound than the basis to say about it. Versus here where they actually committed to the theme of like the cycle of this guy being an asshole. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, you know, I appreciated that. And I appreciate that they didn't cop out. Dude, it's the cycle of Jim Carrey and the cable guy. Yeah. Everything's cyclical. And repetition is comedy, so. There you go. It really is. Um, so what else is there to say about this? 
went through a lot. Um, True. I guess ratings, right? Yeah, ratings. Dude, honestly, maybe my favorite that we've seen so far. I mean, Meet the Parents is a classic. I might give us an 8.5, honestly. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Dude, like, I thought it was I, so funny. Well, I appreciated a lot of it, and a lot of it was funny. I just, I don't know. I, I felt like, I felt like the, I guess at first I felt like the love that Ben Stiller had for Miranda felt really forced that it happened in like half a day. Fair but I guess that's the point now that I'm, now that we're talking about it. Right. Like I mean, his whole relationship, his marriage was, was from yeah. like, yeah. So at this he point, I guess it would, things. what did I give something about Mary? Um, you gave something about Mary a 6.5. You gave made the parents an 8.5. What did I give a seven? Did I give anything a seven? Yeah, meet the Fockers and along came Polly. Okay, yeah. No, I I had to switch what I was thinking yesterday. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a seven. Yeah. Um. All right. I think this All is right. just as good as meet the Fockers. Interesting. I'm glad. You know, this yeah. is the biggest difference we've had in our ratings. It is. This is a one point five difference. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't really explain part of it. Also, the first time it. I've rated something higher than you did. Shoot, it's interesting. That's, actually, that's an statistics. interesting trend. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see how this the rest of them go. I also wasn't I expecting like... this because I remember thinking because I only saw Heartbreak Kid and something about Mary once each, and I'd rewatched Long Came Polly a few times, and I remember like first of all I wasn't as impressed with there's something about Mary as I was expect I was hoping to be, hence why. I gave it a 6.5, you know. Mm-hmm. And after seeing it was the same director as Heartbreak Kid, or, you know, as the Farrelly Brothers, I was like, not really, didn't have a lot of high expectations for it going into it. But it literally, don't judge a book by its cover, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I, guess I, re- I really hyped myself up for something about Mary after Ben after I heard that interview with Ben Stiller I think so I feel like I feel like if I wasn't primed by Ben Stiller himself I would have maybe rated it thought a little bit less of it but because I think I was considering the again as he put it like monumental impact on movies on com- romantic comedy movies I came in with that mindset so maybe that's why huh, I don't know well, it's funny. I Either way, we ended up rating it the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see just personally on rewatching these and how I'll feel about them in the future um, sure. on a personal level. So, yeah. I think we've hit a filmatic record for speed of talking about movies. Dude, we just did five and like two hours. Didn't we like talk about Meet the Parents for like two hours? Like,. <laughs> Yeah, just meet the Basically. parents. Yeah, so, jeez, and uh, I mean the viewers already know, but listeners might already know, but we might even be splitting them up to half and half, just to keep True. the episode format. So, oh. yeah, release it as the uh, intended oh. names, right? The intended names. 
but with a broader title that's part one and two. I feel like we could even come up with better names because those are placeholders. Yeah, definitely. Directed by Stiller. We could come up with a better quote because, like, the first episode was perfect. Filmatic Falker Eyes. Just. Sure. Hmm. We'll have to think about that. Yeah. Probably off camera. Definitely off camera. Or include an entire segment that's just us looking in silence for like three minutes. We can crowd the silence, so it's like. (laughs) Maybe not. All right. Anything else we should mention? Am I anything? Night's Museum coming up next. Yes. I think those will be interesting to see the rating scale for those. Because I feel like they'll be super close, but I'm also interested to see how they stack up against the rest of these. True. Um, Are we going to do a, in the summary of Stiller, which is not what this is. No, not it. Are we going to do, We're because we'll obviously have every rating of every Stiller movie that we watched compiled at that point. We're going to go through and maybe change some of them because we might be like, ah, I didn't think about this. Now, since I gave Ah, since I gave Madagascar three a four, yeah. maybe I really shouldn't no, have given I, Reality Bites a three point five. No, Summary of Stiller will definitely have to be moving stuff around, just yeah. for the sake of like having a comprehensive rating list. So nothing is locked in. Things are locked in for now, but not forever. So you know, or even next time, if you told me while we're reading Night at the Museum that you changed something, I don't think it would be a big deal if we changed it. So. Yeah. On the lookout for that, guys. Um, we're picking steam back up with Summer of Stiller. Um, even though school is starting, which I think will possibly heat things a little bit. But I mean, that affects everybody, right? So nothing we can really do about that. So true. But like we said, Summer of Stiller will not end until it's completed. Right. Honestly, I mean, since September 23rd, I think, is the end of Berlin summer. Mm-hmm. We could probably pull it off by then. Yeah, if we go super fast. I mean, we got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six episodes left to record. Ooh. After this. Yeah, we'll see. So I mean, that's like just over a month, one, month and a half-ish. We would literally have to do one a week. To make the deadline. Yeah. By a hair. By a hair. <laughs> Hair's breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we can at least try. We can try, and if not... We, we've, we've theorized that it gets funnier the more we push it. Well, and also, what's funny is that we easily could have made it if we had made... the If we had done the directed by episode when we fucking watched the movies... And the rom I mean, I watched Along Came Polly yesterday, but the other two I watched pretty much the same time I watched Reality Bites. Okay. Well. No point crying over spilt... Stiller. Stiller. <laughs> Dude, can we call this spilt Stiller? We got it. <laughs> I'm gonna grab this. I'm gonna grab this little clip so that if people are wondering what the title is. We have a little sure. context, but yeah, he's crying over spilled Stiller. 
Spilt, spilt stiller or spilt of no. Spilt stiller. Summer of Stiller episode two, or Spilt um, Stiller parentheses all of the movies. Summer of Stiller episode two. Wouldn't it? Um, true. I was thinking. Well, I guess it would depend on how you formatted the other ones. In my mind, it was Summer of Stiller episodes two, episode two. Spilt Stiller, part one, then the name of part one, part two, name of part two. <laughs> that has like three or four different titles, which in and you'll of itself to, is kind of You'll funny. have to type that out for me because you actually were the one who typed out the first one for me, which was really? Filmatic Fockerized, colon, Meet the Parents Trilogy, parentheses, Summer of Stiller episode. <laughs> okay, Jesus. All right, yeah, okay, so this would be. Uh, could you type that out for me so I can use that as a format? Yeah, yeah. Pen? Filmatic. I'm gonna have to cut this part out, but <laughs> duh, dude. I don't know if anyone. This is for the this is for the Filmatic Two channel. Should we start a Filmatic Two channel? <laughs> Didn't I say the... I was gonna do like highlights reels, which I think would be <laughs> so funny, but it would take a lot of time. I do actually. I have. I do have saved like time codes in my phone of like screenshots I take, listening okay. to the quarantine ones. Of like funny moments, but I don't label them, so I just have like screenshots of random time codes with no idea. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. All right, there it is. Okay, first I'm gonna look up. What do you think is better, spilled or spilt? Well, for referencing the joke we made, spilt would be correct, but True. spilled, I guess, would be more proper for the episode name. Do you want to do the outro and then talk about all this? Yeah, could so that do. We're not all right. Burning uh, size on the file. Yeah, 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 good point. Good point. Good point. All right, let's and do this. another scenario like last time. <clears throat> all <right>. Oh. <laughs> all right. So there you have it, guys. We hit you with episode. You just heard possibly two or three. <laughs> I, <give it> even <laughs> I guess both, right? Because wouldn't it be episodes two and three? If we actually split right. it into two parts. Right. All right, so you just heard episodes two and three of Summer of Stiller, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some sort of entertainment out of it. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of you, a lot of you who might not even be listening right now, in the next episode of uh, when we do Night at the Museum. And sure. possibly our biggest episode, maybe second only to Madagascar. But... um. I'm excited for it. So, Justin, anything you want to say or plug before we head out? It's pretty late. True. 3.15 a.m. Oof. Um, I hope we see you soon. True. Uh, I mean, you have the schedule of what we're watching, so if any of it strikes you as particularly interesting, just let us know. Watch the movies for the episode, and we'll have you on. Yeah, maybe, um, we'll, maybe we'll DM him or something. Okay. Yeah, true. King Reef. Don't remember if his third EP was out when we recorded the last episode, so I might have already plugged it. But either way, listen to King Reef on Spotify. Yeah, pretty good. And uh, while you mentioned that, I might as well plug Connor, whose so new true. single also came out. So damn tired. 
out on streaming. Burnout, look it up. And um, his album is coming out, I believe, next Friday. Uh, Burnout Burning. So check that out too. Uh, I know that he wants to do a Breaking Bad episode because we just, me and Connor, I mean, this is like my fourth or fifth time rewatching Breaking Bad, but I watched it with Connor. It's Connor's first time uh, in the last few months. And we watched that and we watched El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, um, if you know. So we're thinking about doing an episode on that, another summer intermission, maybe, depending on hmm. time permitting. I don't know if you yeah, like Tenzin would just... like to. Oh, no, we, yeah, we watched it sure. with him, too. I should. Sorry. He joined like in the last season, but we right, didn't watch yeah. a lot of it with him. Dude, so... it's, it's all he talks about is Better Call Saul and Dude, Breaking Bad. I, I actually, mean, among. Yeah cars and other things no. fragrances yeah i mean the time of recording before this i watched the series finale of better call saul all right it just came out tonight right it was pretty incredible and, yeah, yeah um, okay people should check that out i'm sorry i'm a i'm Stop a breaking, plugging I'm, I'm vince a gilligan dude i plug i wish vince gilligan would plug <laughs> me if you know what i'm saying I wish Vince Gilligan would plug this podcast to Hank Azaria so he would join it. <laughs> to Hank Schrader so he would join it. <laughs> Dude, when Hank Schrader stood up in Heartbreak Kid, it's defining moment reference. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jeez. Anyway. Really <laughs> okay. We'll catch you next episode. I hope you guys True. enjoyed. You've been listening to Filmatic Season 5 Summer of Stiller with Justin Fischler. And, and Bill Sharif, and 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 Rodolfo the, the blind show. <laughs> Breakout wait, star. Wait. What was it? Yeah, I, I I can literally check right now. Don't end it because I think we should record. We should record a disconnected um outro for part one, where we can be like, "Hey guys, this is Justin and Nabil from part one." Thanks for listening. We'll be prepared to check out part two. Oh, definitely. Let's do it. You should just use that. What you just said. Yeah. <laughs> With you, like, oh. out of frame. <laughs> <laughs> Could you not see me? I mean, no. I mean, like, you, like, in the background. Oh, it's backwards. Ben Stiller, Jennifer Aniston, and introducing Rodolfo the Blind Ferret. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm going to retry that outro then. You've been listening to Justin Fischler and Nabil Sharif and introducing Rodolfo the Blind Ferret. Hold it up. Let's see Rodolfo. And we'll see you next time. Cut to black.